You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for episode four of Collection Curator, Needles and Notions. But first, here's what's happening on the farm. Today, it's really, really sunny. Yesterday, I think it got up to 60 degrees, which is really saying something since last week. I think it was there were days where we did it days in a row that we didn't get over freezing and we had um, slick slick ice everywhere but it's most of the snow and ice is melted out right now um, and it's sunny and beautiful um, the outside dogs are loving it the sheep and goats are loving it the chickens are loving it um, and we are loving it um, so it's just a really beautiful day um, we're in this phase where there's going to be, you know, more freezing days. I'm sure there might be more snow days, but, um, we definitely can tell that we are inching our way towards spring. I always feel great after we pass December 21st and now we're two months past that, just a little bit over that. Um, and so the days are longer and with the sun coming out, I think it just makes everybody feel so much better, right? I know we do. So let's get to today's episode. Um, to recap, this is where we've already been. So, so far, we've um, worked on changing our vocabulary. We've banished the word stash, or at least tried to. I still find it creeps in every once in a while. And I've been working on this for a couple of years. So um, I know if this is new to you, you still may be using stash. And then you catch yourself go, oh, wait, it's collection. It's collection. Um, and I'm the curator and it's a great collection. Um, and as the curator, you've had some really great, meaningful visits with your collection. You have called out the yarn, the roving, the patterns, and maybe you've even gotten into some of your fabric. If you're also, um, you know, if you're multi-talented and have various hobbies, you, this may have carried over into that. So you've gotten rid of things that do not bring you joy. You've gotten rid of things that you've outgrown or where your path is now just totally different than it was a couple years ago. I know in the last few years, um, you know, the trends of knitting have changed so much. Um, it used to be when I first started in this business several years ago, a couple decades ago, socks were the thing. Everybody wanted sock yarn and they wanted to make socks. And then it changed into shawls and shawls had a lot of years. Um, and they're still going strong, I think. Um, and in the past year to two years, it's been sweaters and it's been yoked sweaters. Um, and so, you know, your, your, collection has probably followed those trends as well. And maybe you don't want to make socks anymore. Um, and so, you know, you need to, those sock yarns that you bought need to be repurposed into a shawl or maybe into, um, a, a tank or something that doesn't have a million stitches that would be in fingering weight. 
Um, anything that you have decided is not bring you joy or you have outgrown, you've set aside to donate or to trade with friends. And we'll talk more about that in the next episode. And in the last episode, um, I asked you to make a Pinterest board with photos, not photos of yarn, but photos, landscape photos, food photos, photos of, um, of inspiring places, photos that, um, really excite your eyes and make your heart skip a beat a little bit. And that's a way for you to start understanding what your personal color sense is. Because everybody has a little bit of a different color sense. I know for me, on my color inspiration board, I have a lot of photos of rust. Because I am just so color driven. And rust is so interesting. (laughs) It comes in so many colors and shapes and forms. Um, But I also have landscape pictures. I've got vegetable pictures. um, All kinds of things like that. Don't put yarn pictures in there. But put the kind of uh, pictures in there that just excite your eye, make your heart skip a beat, and that will help you have more confidence about what your personal color sense is. You've probably also put aside like sweater quantities of things that you bought, put them into a bag, labeled it, or put the pattern inside. Um, The last episode, I also talked about putting together sets of skeins that work together that can be used for smaller projects like scarves or shawls and to use your Pinterest board to pick those colors out and to do it like you're going shopping in your collection. You know, having that, having skeins audition with each other. Do you like these three together? Do you like those three together? And when you find three or four that really work that like make you, you sit sing la 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 la. I'm so happy about this. Um, put those in a bed. Um, if you, don't know what you want to do with them. You know, you could just say for, you know, 1200 yards or whatever, fingering weights, DK weight, whatever it is on your label. If you know for sure what you want to make, you can put the pattern in or, or put the pattern name on a card because maybe it's in your Ravelry. Or if you just know, oh, you know, I really want to at some point to make a Stephen West shawl and these colors would would work great with them. I I don't know exactly which shawl it is yet, but you can put on your label Stephen West shawl. It'll make you feel good. Um, And you've probably by now decided to how you want to keep track of your patterns, whether that's in Ravelry or in a physical notebook. Um, and you're working to organize what you love and to ditch what you've outgrown like everything else. I know I have some of that work to do as well. And just by doing these simple things, you are starting to feel the love of your collection all over again and the excitement of new projects. And, um, oh, I remember that yarn. I really love this yarn. I can't wait to use it. Um, And... If you're saying and rolling your eyes and saying, I'm so far behind, I'll never be able to catch catch up. Please know there is no behind here. This is a process. So where you're at is where you're at. And that is fine. And when you ha- have a few minutes or schedule in yourself a few, you know, an hour to say, OK, I'm going to spend an hour on Ravelry going through my patterns today. And then next week, maybe you do, you know, I'm going to spend an hour going through my needles 
So making a plan, working the plan, if that's what you want to do. And I really want us all to get back to this is a fun hobby. This is a journey and not a destination. Um, There should not be shame and guilt involved in this at all. Not at all. This is supposed to be fun. Um, This is supposed to be a great pastime. And so treat it like that, right? All right. So now we're moving on to needles and hooks. Oh my, right? Um, My needles and hooks are a mess. And so I'm going to be on this journey with you um, in the next two weeks because I haven't done anything with, with them. So know that, you know, what I'm talking about, these are things that I think are going to work for me. And they, I think that they would work for you. Um, and that, um, I'm really willing to listen to, um, what you think is a good way to work with needles, hooks, and all these notion things that we have hanging around. So if you have ideas that are different than mine, shoot me an email or post a comment on the podcast. Would love to hear from you. And maybe, um, in, as I, I can gather those things and we can talk about what other I, uh, what other people have for ideas. I think that would be awesome. So right now my needles are in jars. They're in mugs, they're in project bags, and they're in some baskets someplace. And it's a real mess. And maybe you're like me and you've inherited needles. I have um, the straight metal needles of my mother-in-law and I don't, like straight needles. I don't use straight needles. Um, so I really have to look at those and decide what I want to do because they're adding to the mess. So just like the yarn, the roving, and maybe the fabric and the patterns, I want you to pull them all out, find them all, pull them all out, put them somewhere so that we can go through and have our meaningful meeting with them and, um, decide what we're keeping and what we're ditching. Um, I think it's fine to have duplicates, especially if you have favorite needles or favorite sizes, or if you're like me and you have multiple projects going. I know that I have a ton of number one needles, number four needles, and number seven needles. And that's fine. And like I said, I have to do something with those metal needles. I think I probably will save one or two sets, um, maybe in the sizes that I typically would use. Um, but, uh, or the ones where I don't have that, that number in a circular, that might be a way to do it. Um, but again, I have to look through them. I have to decide what I'm going to do. And hooks for me, I have a really motley assortment of hooks, and that's because I'm not a crocheter. The only thing I crochet is cast on. I fix drop stitches. I do button loops. Um, I do my my sticking with a chain. All I can do is chain, really. So um, that's why I don't have a lot. But you may have a lot because you love to crochet. That's fine. And again. Keep the ones that you love. And if there are ones that you bought um, that, you know, you never use because you don't like the way it feels in your hand 
or, you know, you never use that size yarn, um, you may want to call those. That's fine. And so how to keep track. So you can keep track in Ravelry, and I'm going to talk about that. But you can also, if you're, if you would rather not be, have it on the internet or not have to look at your computer or your phone to figure it out, you can always just put it on a three by five card and put that card into your wallet so you have it when you're shopping. Or you can um, put it in, if you've also decided to have a physical notebook of patterns, you can put your needles in that notebook as well. So the importance of this to me is that, you know, I want to know if I already have it so that I don't keep buying over and over again. Of course, there's times when I have bought needles because I wanted to start a project and I was on the road and I had, didn't bring anything with me because I hadn't thought about it. Um, in that case, I typically buy a different brand so that I can try out that brand and then it's not actually a duplicate, right? <laughs> I'm trying out something different. Um, so anyway, to keep this on Ravelry, you go to your no my notebook, the my notebook tab. And under there, there is a tab called tools. And there's four different kinds of um, spreadsheets that they have in there. They have the chart standard, the chart tiny needles, the chart hooks, and a detailed inventory. And on the chart standard, you have um, straights, DPN, circulars, and the, the hooks are on that as well. So if you just want to put it in one place, I would suggest that chart standard. And then you never need to question again whether you, you have that needle if you're out shopping, as long as you have your phone with you and you can check it, up, uh, check it out on Ravelry. And then, okay, now how do we store the ones that we've decided to keep, right? Um, I have to say, you know, my disclaimer is uh, I'm a real visual person. So I like to be able to see what I have. So for me, any of the straights or the hooks, I am going to still keep those in mason jars because I want to be able to see what I have. I do have a fabric needle case. Um, it's not visible for me. Um, so I don't use it. I, I have it stuck in a basket and I never look at it. Sometimes I take that back. Sometimes I will look at it like I know I had a size nine. Where is it? You know, and then I'll go looking through, tearing through everything. Right. But I don't use that enough. And so I think that cute and it's a cute one, too. I think that cute little needle case might be going into my donate or trade pile. For circulars, um, I have a cute hanging circular. If you're watching this on, on the YouTube channel, you can actually see it. Um, it has various um, compartments to um, like slots to thread the circulars through. Um, and if you're looking at this picture, you can see that it is in terrible disorganization. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is after I call and, and reorganize this, I'm going to put them from the smallest tip size at the top to the largest tip size at the bottom. 
so that, and then keep that organized. I was thinking I might even write on there um, what, you know, like one, two, three, four, five, the U.S. sizes. I'll have to see if I feel like I can, you know, to write on, on the fabric. It's so cute. I don't know if I really want to do that, but I will see. Some people who, some people will use CD organizers or there's like a fishing box organizer that where you put lures or something in. Again, they have like pockets in there. And so you can roll up your circular needles and put them into that. Um, and, and if you do that, something like that, be sure to put to label the length as well as the size so you don't have to remeasure all the time. It'll just make it easier for you. And then interchangeables. Um, so the ones from Knit Picks have come in clear zipper bags with slots for, you know, for the, the pairs of tips. And I like that again because I'm visual and I can see it. The new ones that I just got from Haya Haya, it's a, a beautiful like Chinese fabric. I can't see through it, but I think I'll still leave those in there and just know, okay, I know I have on that, those tips go from two to eight and I'll just leave that in there as their special place um, rather than changing them around. And the same is true with organiz organizing it, you know, keep them in order of size, right? It just makes sense to do it that way. Um, also with the interchangeables, so you get all these cables, right? Um, and so with the cables, you can roll them up and you can keep them in the bags that they came with that have the label on them. If you if those are long gone, you know, just get some sandwich size Ziploc bags and just, again, be sure to label them and then keep them in one place. Stitch markers. Oh my God. Those little buggers are everywhere, right? But they're never, there's never anywhere you need them. Um, for me, they're in project bags. They're in the bottom of baskets. They are in yarn bowls. They are on the table next to where I knit. They are everywhere. Um, I was doing something the other day and they spilled all over the floor. It was just like, it's a nightmare. So again, I don't have a tried and true solution for this, but this is something that I thought would work for me and maybe it will work for you. So I'm going to take a small number like three to five and I'm going to put them on a safety pin and then I'm going to put that safety pin each. I'm going to make a bunch for, I'm going to make one for each project bag that I have. The rest of them I'm going to put into for me, I'm going to put it into the jar again because I want to be able to see them. Um, so I'm going to put them into the jar and then put that jar in the room where I have my collection. At the same time, I am also going to call out the ones that do not bring me joy, the ones that get that, you know, pull at the yarn, um, the ones that are maybe broken or maybe they're too small. Um, I'm, I'm never going to have need a stitch marker that's that small or a stitch marker that's that big. I have a, a few that are like the size of a quarter. I'm never going to need that stitch marker. So um, get rid of it, right? Put it in your donation box. And again, if you have any other ideas for these, let me know.
I'd love to do to put them all together and we could talk about some other ideas for all this stuff that we do need. They are tools, but they are also um, a mess and a hazard, right? Um, tapestry needles. These ones, I don't have a whole bunch of these and I don't know if you do. Um, I just have two sets. So I have one set that I keep near the seat where I usually knit and I have another set in my studio store. So I don't have to be carrying them around and I have a needle available to me when and where I need it. Now, if I was going to go on a trip and I hope to someday go on a trip, um, and I was going to take some knitting that I know I would want to weave in ends because I'm trying to weave in ends as I go so that future me will be happy. Um, then I would take, I can take one of those sets and put it in the project bag that I'm taking when I travel. And now these, the, the knitting gauge, the things that uh, measure your needle size. Again, I have two of those. Um, and I'm pretty happy that I have two. Um, one, I keep with my circular needles. That cute organizer, hanging organizer, has a pocket in the back that fits one of the needle size thingies. And so that really helps me when I'm looking for a specific size of needle. Again, because not all of them are labeled, and um, or if they were once labeled, it kind of you know, with use, it kind of comes off. And the other set uh, or the other gauge that I have, I keep with my interchangeable tips. And again, they live where I'm going to use them. Um, I can tell the difference between like a two and an eight, but I can't always tell the difference between a five and a six. So I need to have that um, tool where I'm going to be picking out my needles that I'm going to use. Now the gauge the swatch gauge tool is a little different because you don't need that all the time, right? So I have that sitting in a basket near where my collection is and I can pull it out when I'm swatching and put it back when I'm finished. And I hope you guys are swatching and I hope you have a cute swatch tool like I have. Um, it is important, especially if you're going to be buying yarn from a fiber farmer like myself where our farm yarns are not exactly right on the target of a standard weight. And so you may need to do a little jiggling around of needle size. So here's your mission and here's my mission as well. If you're going to follow me on this adventure, here's what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. You're going to pull out all those tools and have your meaningful visit. You're going to call the ones that you don't use, the ones you don't like, the ones that don't give you joy, the ones that are broken, come on, and the ones that are orphans, like you have a one, a one of the set of, a, of needles, like, come on, you don't need that. Maybe it's a back scratcher, but then you put it someplace else, right? And you're going to organize the ones you have left. You can try one of my ideas or you can do something different. Um, then you're going to document what you have in Ravelry or just write yourself a note card and put it in your wallet. As a matter of fact, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to have Ravelry open as I'm doing this so that I'm doing, I'm, I'm culling, I'm organizing and I'm documenting all at one time. 
that makes sense to me because why touch it twice, right? You're going to corral all those stitch markers and you're going to organize them in a way that makes sense to you, whatever that is. You're going to find your needle gauge sizers and your gauge tool, and you're going to find a place where they live so that you don't have, so you don't have to look for them each and every time that you need it. I hope, and again, I hope you do have a swatch gauge tool and I do hope you use it every once in a while. And remember, I would love to hear from you, especially about this topic, because, you know, again, I don't have, um, I don't have a tried and true method for this that I think everyone should have. And I'd love to hear what your ideas are as well. So you can send me a photo um, or if you post to Facebook or Instagram, use the hashtag collection curator because I follow that. Um, or you can also tag me flying goat farm in any of those places. Send me an email if you have some good ideas so that we can put together um, a community um, of ideas about this topic. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about what to do with your donations and how to have a yarn trade party, a couple of ideas about how you can organize that when, in fact, we can get get, get together again. And I have some really cute um yummy ideas for snacks um, for the yarn trade party that I'll talk to you guys about. So until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making.